the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills, and with me as always is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio Powell, Pennsylvania. And before we get into, this is really going to be just a random hodgepodge of stuff, uh, and we'll explain why in a future episode, but uh, before we get into that, uh, what are you preaching on this week? I am preaching simply a message called a Thanksgiving message. Um, and it's just going to be about um, all the holidays, starting with Thanksgiving, going through Christmas and New Year's is not a good time for a lot of people. and uh, But we can still find reasons to be thankful, even if we don't like the holidays. And I am preaching on, we're doing a series called Come to the Table. So last week we started it and we talked about um, all the all the times that people are going to spend eating Thanksgiving, holiday parties, organizations are having their parties, um, Friendsgiving, all that stuff, uh, and just how we can't miss out on the fellowship aspect. And we talked about how in Acts, that was what they focused on is the apostles teaching uh, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And this week, we're talking about not ignoring those people who do come to the table that we don't like, that don't fit in. They're not the popular person. Just making sure we show them the love of Christ as well. But I do have um, a quick thing, because we were talking before about um, how... And I heard another pastor just say this. I was listening to a sermon from a local pastor in my area, and he was talking about during the holidays, it's really hard to come up with, you know, sermon topics because it's the same holidays. It's like, hey, how can I come up with a new message on like Easter, the death, burial, and resurrection, or Christmas, the birth of Christ, or Thanksgiving being thankful? And I feel like the reason why uh, we as pastors kind of focus on the same thing every year is because they're still true. You know, it's it's the Thanksgiving holiday. If we are thankful and we as Christians, even though uh, there's a lot going on in our world, we should be the most thankful people on the planet because of the relationship we, we have with Christ. During Christmas, um, yeah, I feel like uh, I used to struggle with this years ago and another pastor was like, we don't have to come up with new ways to tell the Christmas story. We just have to tell the Christmas story. And I'm like, yeah, because it's, it's Christmas. It's about the birth of Christ. We don't have to put any new spins on it or come up with new ways. And, and the same with Easter. It's the death, burial, and resurrection that we celebrate and, and that we're grateful for. Uh, we don't have to come up with new you know, and exciting ways to tell that story. We just have to tell that story. Right, right. Yeah, and and that's I, I I mean I'm like you I struggle with it every year. What what do I you know what do we do about these things and and um, you know like my Christmas ones are going to be 
Christmas courage, Christmas hope, Christmas peace, Christmas love, Christmas wisdom. <laughs> Those are my topics, they're my titles for the sermons, you know. Looking at different characters in the Christmas story, Mary and Joseph and Jesus and and um, John the Baptist and all of those. We're just going to be looking at those kind of things. That's what we're doing in December. That's that's actually funny because that's what we're doing in December. Uh, we do a, a reoccurring series called These Are the People in Your Neighborhood, where we will take someone in the Bible and kind of talk about their history and relate it to, but there's someone in your community who's just like this or, or whatever, uh, and here's how you can, you know, minister to them, help them, or learn from them. Um, and so we're doing these are the people in your neighborhood, the Christmas edition, looking at people in the Christmas story, Mary, <laughs> Joseph, uh, you know, all these different people in the Christmas story. So, uh, yeah. yeah, which brings us to, um, so like I said, we'll 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 touch base on a future episode for everyone that's listening on why we are skipping the topic we had for today. But what we are going to do today, we were talking about uh, before the message we were talking about, or not the message, before we started the podcast, we were talking about just the state of the church. And um, that brought up some things. So we decided that we were going to talk about based on the state of the church, not our congregations, but the church, the body of Christ in America, um, we could say the world, but we don't have as much of a grasp on how it's going in other countries. We can kind of look out, looking in, but uh, here in America, we have a, a good grasp. Um, so based on the state of the church in America, uh, we're going to share some things that we're joyful about, some things we're frustrated about, and some things that bring us hope because of the, the state of the church in America. <clears throat> and uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first. All right. What are you joyful about? All right. So I, I am actually joyful about that there are, there really are some God honoring, Holy Spirit filled, Bible believing Christians who are out doing the work that God has called us to do. I am really happy about that uh, because I do a lot of online videos and, and answering questions from people. I run into some people who it's obvious they are just set in their ways. There's absolutely nothing that's going to change their mind. They're just stuck in a rut and they don't care. But they call themselves Christians and I hate that for them. But there are some people who are excited. They're passionate. Um, they're, 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 you know, and have been for a while. And I pray that that doesn't cease, uh, but they're excited to go out and do the work. They, they like, we we're they are basically the ones saying we're still in the fight. We still have a job. We still have a mission. We still get to celebrate our Lord and our savior. And we should be out doing that every single day. And that brings joy to my heart because there's not a lot of them that I see. So the fact that there are some still, doing it is is just it brings such joy to my heart and and i would agree with that is one of the things that brings joy to my heart that there are there are not only those who are out there doing that those are there are those out there making an impact by doing that um i don't do a lot of 
videos or anything like that like you do, but I watch a lot of videos, uh, uh, TikTok, not TikTok, but reels and things on Facebook that I watch. And there's been one guy particularly that I've been watching a little while that he just goes and makes somebody's day better. He said that's what he feels God called him to do. He has the money to do it. And he will ride around the homeless communities offering homeless people jobs in his construction company. And he just goes goes by and he says, hey, I have a job opening. He said, I may not have the job opening, but he said, I'll create one. He said, I'll I'll have them come sweep floors if if they're willing to do it. And he said, that's that's what he's built called to do is just, he said, they're just temporary one or two day jobs for somebody to make some quick cash to go get what they need to do. And he said, and some, and some of the times he just runs around, rides around and he'll just go and buy diapers for a single mom that's homeless on the street. Hmm. Or, you know, if he sees a, a couple there and they have a pet, he'll go buy pet food for them so that they don't have to spend their money on food for their pet um and just things like that and and that's what that's what the church is supposed to be doing you know and that that brings me joy to see people investing in other people that way um you know and, and because that's that is what we are called to do is to invest our lives with the lives of others and um, make an impact on somebody. And that could be just a smile. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so many Christians have closed closed themselves off because of past hurt, maybe because of past trauma, maybe because they just don't see the church doing what they're supposed to be doing. had a conversation online with someone this morning uh, about just a similar thing and I'm like, yeah, uh, it's getting bad, but but we're supposed to make a difference. We're yeah. we're supposed to continue. We're supposed to be out doing what God has called us to do. And if every person did that, um, it could change our communities. Um, yeah, there there's a church down in I think it's North Carolina. Um, the pastor's last name is Trent, and he calls his family the Trent tribe. But anyways, he does. He does different videos. And he said the church got really upset because there's a bench out in front of the church where a homeless guy was sleeping on the bench in front of the church. And some of the members got real upset. And he said one day he just felt the Lord talking to him and said, go cook breakfast for him. So he said he went in and he he cooked eggs and bacon and stuff and took it out to the to the homeless guy and he said you know the guy was grateful and everything he said now we have 10 benches out in front of the church for homeless people to come and we have breakfast for him every morning in the church volunteers come in every morning from the congregation to have to make breakfast for the homeless people that sleep out in front of their church Wow, that's awesome. And that's encouraging. That is yeah. something that, you know, you look at and you go, wow, I wish I was a part of that church. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so so there are things to be joyful for. I mean, you know, I I know I get frustrated and I complain about church, my church, uh, being so small and so unable to do things, but yet we still have the doors open. Yeah. And that's something to be thankful for. Well, speaking of frustration, so what's something not, I mean, your congregation, but in the body of Christ that, that frustrates you that like, ah, this is just so frustrating. I think one of my number one frustrations in the church today is people not wanting to be committed to the church. Um, and that's a big, broad statement, I know. But I, I, I think there's more, more people that say they are a part of the church as a whole, but they don't interact with the church at all because something comes up that's things that are more important than being around church people hmm. than there are things that make it want them that makes them want to be with church people. Uh, I, I mean, I might be complicated or I might have screwed that up, but I think you're following me a little bit. You know, yeah. Um, so I think I think the one thing that that frustrates me the most is the lack of commitment not to the not to the local church, not to me as pastor, but to Christ Himself, hmm. and seeing what can be accomplished if we put the efforts of going to a concert on Saturday night and sleeping in on Sunday morning because it's just too, too hard to get up because I was at a concert Saturday night. So I'll just blow church off. You're not blowing church off because to be honest, this sounds terrible coming from a pastor. I could care less if you're there. <laughs> you're going to be preaching the Bible with whoever's there. Hmm. Um, and I don't mean that to sound harsh, but I, I'm just saying it doesn't bother me. It, but it does bother me in the fact that you're not respecting God and coming together for him. Well, that those, those I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it because I feel that because I, on Sunday morning, I see all the pictures from all the people that claim to be Christians that went and did all these things on Saturday night, but didn't go and worship their Lord and Savior. On I'm not even talking about the people that aren't Christians. Those people, they're going to do what they're going to do, you know, and there's nothing wrong with going out to concerts. I mean, some of them, they're, they're not even Christian concerts. That's fine. Nothing Amen. wrong with doing all that. Amen. But then they decide, I'm not going to give the same time and attention that you took to prepare, to buy your tickets, to plan in advance, to meet up with your group of people, uh, to get dressed up, to go out, to go hang out afterwards, to go and listen to, you know, I don't know who, whoever, 
but then you won't take the time to get up, get dressed, and go worship your Lord and Savior. And to me, that yeah, I I I'm like, man, that's just you know. And and I'm probably gonna kick myself in the foot here too. But when you say to me, I wasn't there, I was I just couldn't get out and get moving on Sunday morning. But I watched you on online on Sunday mornings. Great. I'm glad you're watching us online, but we need you and your fellowship face-to-face. God made us, designed us to have fellowship with one another. And I, I praise God for all those who watch online. But I would much rather have you in my in the, in the church so I can give you a hug and shake your hand and tell you, that I'm so happy that you're there. Yeah, there, there's nothing wrong. No, we're not saying there's anything no. wrong watching online. No. I encourage people to watch online. I do too. Um, but, and not trying to go into sermon mode here, but this is what I was just preaching to people on Sunday, is that in the early church, the first believers, not even the early church, because then you tend to think first, second century church, the first believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and that word teaching means doctrine, so digging into the Word of God, fellowship, hanging out with one another, participating and being a community, breaking a bread, communion, eating together, foods, love feasts, and in praying together. And they didn't they didn't focus on live streams, outreach events, trunk or treats, none of that. They just focused on spending time in God's Word, spending time with one another, spending time in prayer, and God brought thousands. They didn't bring. God brought thousands and thousands of thousands of people into that community uh, because that's what they were focused on. And we've kind of missed the mark. And now the the, the body of Christ was like, well, we got to focus on all these other things to get people in. And I'm like, no, we're going back to focusing on what God said we should focus on and what God honored when the body of Christ focused on it, which is showing up and being a part of the community and participating. Again, nothing wrong with the people that watch online. Uh, grateful that we have that and the ability to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I'll go back. I'll go back to the thankfulness or joyfulness thing. Just for a second, because it, it ties in with the, what we're just talking about. The one thing that really makes me joyful and makes me happy is on Sunday morning when I'm done preaching, service is over, and I walk out in the parking lot and there's still people standing there talking to one another. Yeah, that we can are. Go on, that can go on for 15, 20 minutes. Just yeah, standing we, and talking. We We've done that to the point where it's like sometimes half an hour, an hour, hour and yeah. a half later, uh, our custodian shows up to clean, sees a bunch of people still hanging out in the building, drinking coffee, or yeah. some in the building, some in the parking lot, kids still playing and running, and she'll just turn around and leave because yeah. she's like, All right, they're going to be here a while. So uh, yeah. because it's that spirit of 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 community. Um, right, right. And that that's that that just makes me bubble up inside. Yeah. You know, because of that. So, but, um, but yeah, what's your frustration? Um, or one of them. <laughs> yeah. 
I was going to say, there's so many, so many. Uh, I'll, I'll give one really short one, and then the other one I kind of need to dwell on. Uh, one really short one is the mean-spirited mean people who call themselves Christian but have no love of God in them. The people who spew hate in the name of Christianity, the people who talk bad about one another in the name of Christianity, people who... <clears throat> um, uh, and one of the Christian men's group, not the pastor's group, Christian men's group, uh, we're talking about baptism and you would, you know, is it required for salvation? Is it not? And some people were just sharing, well, here's what I believe. Other people were tearing the other people down for not agreeing with them. And I'm like, how can you call yourself a Christian? And they were like, well, if I'm not speak, he said, you're missing the point. It's out of my love for them that I'm tearing them down. I was like, that's not godly love. I was like, if you can't say it in an uplifting way, in an encouraging way, in an edifying way, without tearing them down, uh, that's not godly love. Because, you know, we're supposed to love our neighbor, love one another, uh, love your enemies even. And, you know, Ephesians 4.29, let nothing come out of your mouth. And I would include even via text or comments, unless it's uplifting and edifying. So you can, if you can't correct them or provide, you know, in this case, biblical uh, background for what you're saying without tearing them down for disagreeing with you, then you're doing it wrong. Uh, and, and I, and, and other people see that, especially when something happens in the nation or on the news and then Christians take to the airwaves, the, the, all the, all the social medias and start tearing down people who disagree with them. Like with the war in Israel, perfect example, people started Hating on other people who didn't stand with Israel, I could understand sharing, here's why I stand with Israel, here's why I believe, whatever, whatever. But then to rip into and tear down, ridicule and demean other people, that's, uh, I'm like, the non-Christians see that, and the first thing that comes to mind is, this is why I'm not a Christian, because I don't want to treat other people like that. And it just, uh, so that's one. But the other one that really gets me is people who don't know their Bible. I mean, people who just, I mean, you don't have to be a, uh, you know, go to a four-year seminary. You don't have to uh, do any of that. But you should be able to know, well, that's not in the Bible. I, I didn't see it. You know, or, yeah, that's in the Bible, but you missed the sentence before and sentence after. And, you know, they will listen. There was a lady who asked online, she was like, I just heard my pastor say, and I forget what she said. Um, and she was like, does anyone know if this, this is true? And I forget what she said, but it was something that was a little bit way out there. And my question to her was, well, what verses did he use? And did you go back and read them? Like in context, because that's not in there. That's That's not what the Bible says. And here's the thing. I'm like, the people that are like, well, I've been a Christian for 15 years. And like, did you open your Bible once in those 15 years? I mean, come on. you you, And it's not like people can't get access to a Bible. I mean, there are online ones that are totally free. Everyone's got their nose in their phone. Pull up a Bible, read through some verses. Ones that will just read it to you while you drive. There's just so many ways to access the Word of God. And people won't read their Bibles 
and then get mad at us, the pastors, when we say, well, this is what the Bible says. They were like, well, that's not what I've been raised on for the past 20 years. I don't care. I mean, like you said, not to be mean, but I really don't care what you were raised on for the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years. What I care about is thus saith the Lord. And and that's it. And I would I would say, and I think you would agree, I don't know everything about the Bible. I learned it. I've been a Christian for 40 years. I'm still learning about the Bible. You know, I'm still learning new things in the Bible every day. Yeah. And so it is not about how much knowledge you have. You can read the Bible inside out. And if you don't under if you don't have it in you, if you're just reading it to read it and not getting it then you're just reading a book which is what a lot of atheists do they just i've read this book three or four times like i don't care what you've read that's (laughs) not what the bible says exactly exactly you know brings it reminds me of a story of a guy he went to china he was a, a a preacher he went to china and and these people had traveled hours to get to this underground church in China. And he asked them, he said, well, what happens to me if we get caught here? And they said, well, you'll be deported and within 48 hours and you go home. He said, well, what happens to you? He said, well, we'll be put in jail. And he started thinking about it. He said, he, he said, okay, he said, let's hand out some Bibles and let's open up the word of God. And he, he handed out some Bibles and he handed out this one to this one particular lady and she just closed it and gave it to the person next to her. And um, he started reading the scripture and she was quoting, reading along with him, even though she didn't have a Bible, word for word what the Bible said. And afterwards he says, how did you learn that? She says, in prison. Because Bibles are illegal in China. Well, if they're illegal, how did you get it in prison? They write notes with scriptures on them. And then they memorize the note before the note is taken and thrown away. And he says, wow. She says, because they can throw away the note, but they can't throw away what's in my mind and what's in my heart. And so at the end of the service, he said, well, what would you like me to pray about? What would you like me to have our church pray for you about? And they said, um, we want to be like you. We want you to pray that we have the freedom. We want to be like you. We have the freedom to, to worship like you worship. And the preacher looked at her and said, no, I'm not going to pray that. And she kind of got puzzled and said, why? And he said, because in my country, we have two or three Bibles in a home and they're never opened. So we we complain when we have to drive 25 minutes to church. You guys have come 13 hours away to sit here. We complain when we have to sit in church for an hour in air conditions on padded seats. You're sitting on a dirt floor in a dingy dungeon having service. I want to pray that I'm more like you and not more like us. 
Yeah. And I thought, wow, you know, when you were talking about that, that just kind of brought me to that. They know the Bible. They know what it means to be in the presence of God. And, and we take that for granted so bad. And that's another frustration is we take so many things for granted instead of being thankful for it, instead of being worshipful, worshipful for it. Yeah. We just take it for granted. We have so much and other people have so little and we're still, still, still not happy. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just, it breaks my heart that um, people just won't read their Bible and it, a chapter a day, you know, yeah. a chapter a week would be, would be good. I mean, just especially when we're teaching through books, go read through that chapter that the, the pastor preached on open uh so i was gonna say many for many people the only time they open their bible is on sunday but a lot of people don't even do that anymore they don't right. even open it when the pastor says open your bible and turn to this we're going to be walking through and i am grateful it does bring me joy when um especially if it's someone new or younger people or whatever uh and <clears throat> i'm like open your bible we're going to be walking through and i see them open their bible and they're reading and they're taking notes and they're they're like paying attention. They're soaking in the word yeah. of God. So that, that is yeah. go back to a joy. But um, so after all these frustrations, <laughs> what's something that you're hopeful for, that you are hopeful for, for the body of Christ in America? That it's not dead. We may be on life support, but we're not dead. Hmm. Um. I think the hopeful thing is that I'm seeing those who are truly committed to Christ starting to really deepen that commitment to him. Hmm. Um, I don't know if we're in, in the time of separating the goats and the sheep yet. That's to come. But it seems like we're getting there where God is really calling people to, to sharpen their, or to deepen their faith. And I, I, I'm seeing that in, in, in the church today. I'm seeing people who are really um, hungry and thirsty hmm. for the word of God. And, um, you know, we talk about the frustration of people don't want to be there. People do all these other things. But there are people who are hungry and thirsty. And they're reaching out and trying to to grow. And, mm -hmm. and that that gives me a lot of hope. You know, um, the hope that we're just passing through. Jesus is coming back. And he's going to take us to be with him, either in death or in the rapture. And, and that gives us hope that that you know what we see here on earth is the only hell I'm going to see because God's got something bigger and better planned for for those who believe. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm hopeful for the next generation. Um, uh, I do see some amongst the youth. I do see some, I was talking to a guy uh, on Sunday who's in seminary 
and just like you said, hungry for the word uh, to help to for God to use him to reveal uh, truth. Um, I am hopeful for the next generation that uh, there 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 are some out there that are able to do what God has called us to do, which is not to transform our communities. That's a byproduct, but to share the gospel in our communities. Uh, to 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 reach out to people and let them know that there is a God who loves them, who sent His Son to die for them, and that they can know that God personally. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful for the next generation. I'm really hopeful that Jesus returns soon because I'm like done. I am so tired of just ah this world, just the craziness going on. But uh, really hopeful for the next generation and hopeful that Christ returns. Like really, really soon, <laughs> and, and there there is a lot of hope in the younger the younger kids coming up. I mean, I don't know if you followed Travis Dean. Um, yeah, yeah. The ministry he has and the kids that he has starting these Bible clubs in schools is just phenomenal. And yeah, uh, you know, th- there are kids out there that want to go forward, and that is. That brings a lot of hope. It goes back yeah. to the joy. It goes back to the joy thing too. When you yeah. see it, because it brings joy to your heart to, to see that happen. Yeah, um, I've been praying about because uh, I've I've met up with him in the past, talked with him in the past. Uh, we actually, um, our congregation financially supports his ministry, but I've been praying about talking to him. I saw one of his posts where he was uh, talking about a student who wanted to start a Bible club where, I mean, they just equip the students to do it. They're not, you know, adults going in and saying, do this, do this, do that in the schools. They're equipping the students to go into the schools and literally be the church to reach out, share the gospel, minister to people. Uh, And I guess uh, I think at two different points, and I forget uh, which schools uh, students had prayed about starting Bible clubs and, and one, they had like 60 show up. And another one, they had like 100 students show up. Um, so that, I mean, that goes back to bringing me joy. But it also, there's hope uh, for that next generation. And I've been praying about reaching out to them and saying, okay, we, because within our school district, that doesn't happen uh, at all. So um, uh, maybe he'd be good yeah. to have on the podcast one of these days. You know what? I know how busy he is every time I look. He's traveling right. somewhere doing youth conferences and 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 uh not just equipping, you know, the students, but also equipping youth pastors. But yeah, that would be a good a good thing to do. Um wait till after the new year because I know he's probably busy yeah. now. Um yeah. and uh yeah, that would be a really good thing to do. Maybe too. Um I would love to have like uh um, and maybe you know of someone too, someone who is in seminary um, on the podcast, because I want to hear their perspective on the church today and what they hope to accomplish by going through seminary. What is what is their hope? What is their vision for you know what God's calling them to do, especially in light of the way the church is today in America? Um, so lots of plans for the podcast coming up. <laughs> we'll have to have a planning meeting here soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's the other thing I'm hopeful, and, and I see a lot of hope in, is there 
that God is not done with us. God is still working in the church. Um, even though we are rebellious sometimes, even though we are um, slow to move, God is still moving in the church. And he's moving in the men of the church, I've seen lately too. Um, I mean, I have a, I have a, an unusual congregation where I probably have an equal amount of men and women in my church. And I, I'm, I'm seeing God move in the men of the church, not just the women of the church. So that brings a lot of hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful too, because I see more churches doing stuff. Some of them, obviously, like we said, we're small church pastors yeah. or micro church pastors, but uh, some of them are still doing amazing things. There was a woman, uh, her name is, uh, I didn't get her permission to use her name on the podcast, but I will anyway, because it's a good thing. <laughs> her name is uh, Missy Selassie. She's the Children's Ministry Director at Faith Community Church in McMurray, PA, and she's doing, you know, kind of like a, a mini conference for volunteers to encourage volunteers, uh, which is good because it's hard to get people to volunteer. So there are people still doing things and there are people still stepping up saying, how can I help? How can I help to be the church? How can I help the body of Christ accomplish its mission uh, in our community? So there is hope. I know we say a lot of frustrations uh but like you said, God is not done with us. He's still working through the people that are willing to allow him to work through them. So uh, there is there is stuff to be hopeful for. Yeah. But man, we could spend at least three podcasts on all the frustrations. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, the other the other thing I'm trying to do at our church is and I don't mean to make this a personal thing, but it is, you know, um, once a month or once every other month, I'm trying to bring someone in to share their testimony, to share their story with the congregation. And um, I had a guy in two weeks ago from he he's a he's a recovering alcoholic, and he is from Nepal. And it just so happened that he came on the Sunday of the that we were recognizing the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, and we were focusing on Nepal. Um, just something God planned, you know. And uh, to hear his story, he was he was an interpreter for a Christian person. Um, that's one way he got here was to interpret for a Christian person. He did not know anything that he was interpreting. He said, I didn't understand who this Jesus was that I was talking about, but he said, that's how I came into America was to talk about Jesus and didn't even know who he was that I was talking about. Mm. But he found Jesus in his lowest moment. And his story just showed me that God is still working in the lives of people. Um, all we have to do is be obedient to hear his call. Yeah, so I'm going to shift gears uh, just because we are going into the holidays. Like we said, Thanksgiving is coming up. By the time you hear this, uh, we'll be right at the cusp of walking into the week of Thanksgiving or into Thanksgiving itself. Uh, um, and then obviously moving into like the whole Christmas uh, season, Advent and all that. So shameless plug. 
Um, I know not everyone can see this, but I'm holding up a copy of the book that Mark and I uh, collaborated on with two other pastors. Uh, it's called Unwrapping Christ at Christmas, Refreshing Your Reason to Rejoice. Um, uh, and I and I know Mark had said one of the things that some people will struggle with is uh, just they don't feel like they have a lot of reason to rejoice. They don't feel like they have a lot of reason to celebrate during the holidays because of trauma, because of hardship, because of financial loss, family loss. And um, I think this book is a good way to help people help them overcome some of some of what they're dealing with and help put some of the focus back on rejoicing and celebrating in Jesus Christ. Uh, so if you guys, go ahead. I think it's especially important this year of all years because of the cost of everything is going up. Yeah. And, you know, there still is reason to celebrate. Yeah. And uh, let me take a quick look because I forget how much this is on Amazon, but I was going to ask um, the publisher to reduce the price for the holidays um just to make it easier on people who want to buy it um and if you don't have the money to buy it and you still want a copy of it let us know yeah we will we will get it to you so it's 14 dollars on amazon um and i uh we're gonna knock that down see if we can knock it down to 9.99 I'll contact the publisher. I'm not going to contact the other pastors because I'll never hear back from them. We're just going to make an executive decision. Go for it. And knock it down to $9.99 and leave it there until um, after the new year. Uh, and hopefully we can, um, people will buy it and it will hopefully inspire some and encourage some people Uh and again, it has it's a great devotional to share, spend time with your family. It's got questions and answers in the back about why it's okay to celebrate Christmas, about the the some of the Christmases that we as pastors went through that kind of marked us and and had an emotional impact on us and we're praying it blesses you and your family and um kind of even talks about the whole cuz people criticize Christmas as just being all about money and just about, you know, uh, consumerism and it even talks about here's some ways to turn that back into uh and focus on christ without sacrificing you know because we all want to give gifts and i don't know about everybody else i enjoy getting gifts <laughs> so um uh, here's a way to do that and still feel like the focus is yeah still on jesus christ so uh and again as mark said if you're listening and you are like, well, I'd love to get a copy, but even $9.99 is out of my price range. Uh, reach out to us. And um, I have a few copies here. I'd be happy to send them out to you. Uh, just let us know. Yeah. All right. So that being said, uh, I'm going to ask Mark to pray for us, for the church, uh, for just everyone in this upcoming Thanksgiving season, and that we are truly acknowledge all the all the things that we really have to be grateful for despite as mark said the cost of everything going up 
the craziness going on in our world. We still have a lot to be grateful and thankful for. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do bless your name this morning or this afternoon or whenever we hear this. We just praise you um, for your blessings. Uh, we, we are living in times that most of us never thought we would be living in uh, with, with the prices of everything, with the cost of, of just living and surviving. And Lord, I just, I, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to just be able to still praise you no matter what the circumstances is, as Paul said, that we are to be thankful in all seasons and all circumstances. So we just praise you for who you are. And, and we know that this coming into Thanksgiving and, and gearing up through Christmas and New Year's is not a good time for a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are hurting, a lot of people that are missing loved ones, uh, that are just having a rough time, Lord, and and um, we just want to lift them up, and we want to we want to encourage them not to give up, but mm. to um, to just surrender to you and uh, allow you to carry them through this time, um, Lord, because we know you are more than capable uh, of caring for us and 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 lifting us up out of the clay and the miry clay and putting our feet on solid ground. And we just ask that you would do that for, for me personally, Lord, but for those who are, are, are in the same circumstances, situations that um, we may not even know about, but that you do. So we thank you and we praise you and we want to bless your name above all. And we pray that you would just be with, um, those who are in battles, uh, in wars, Lord, in Ukraine and in Israel, Lord, that you would just bring peace hmm. to the areas. Uh, Lord, bring peace to our country. Um, we are seeing such the, the hate, as Floyd and I were talking about before the podcast. There's just so much hate in this world, more than we've seen in our lifetime, Lord. Uh, just, we want to turn that hate into love and into joy. Um, but the only way we can do that is through your son, Jesus, who came to die for us, to bring us peace that only he can give. So we pray for your peace to fall upon us, uh, not the peace that is man-made, but the peace that is God-given. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>